Welcome to Five Shot Weekly. We discuss the primary kit leak, transfer rumor updates, and the Tito Bishaba tell all. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. It's a shorter episode today, so we'll delve into these topics more in depth. And first up on the docket is the MLS CBA update. And MLS and the MLSPA have yet to agree on a new CBA because they pretty much uh, yeah, decided that the last one uh, is kind of null and void now, and they really want to come up with uh, some new parameters for the new season. Uh, pretty much probably signing into probably maybe 2026, so they don't have to deal with this again next year. Uh, but uh, it very well could still happen next year because, yeah, I mean, the pandemic is still happening. And uh, there's a lot to deal with in terms of lost revenue for a lot of teams uh, because a lot of teams rely more on the gate. So, uh, you know, according to Jeff Carlisle of ESPN, uh, as of Tuesday, uh, they have 20 days to reach a new CBA agreement. And uh, he's saying that there has to be a real urgency uh, from uh, Don Garber, the commissioner. And uh, so uh, the MLSPA reportedly will be responding today, uh, according to Mickey Turner on Twitter, uh, to the Soccer Don's uh, comments yesterday. So, uh, yeah, these uh, these uh, re-negotiations re uh, will happen at 3 p.m. on Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, very interesting indeed because... Uh, it pretty much puts the season still in flux, pretty much like last year, and hopefully they get it done. What are your What are your thoughts on this, Mark? Like, can we get this done? Uh, yeah, I think we do. I think that's. Uh, I mean, you know, I've said in the past, uh, maybe kind of what I think about Don Garber. You know, especially in terms of a um, a businessman kind of standpoint, and you know, I guess in this case, in terms of negotiations, I think these are negotiation tactics. Um, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think that he's trying to, uh, I guess, place some urgency on the negotiations, but I think that at the same time, he's not surprised by anything. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm -hmm. he knows when MLSP are going to respond. Um, you know, uh, Jeff Carlisle also in that thread, uh, kind of made the point that he didn't really talk about while he mentioned that salaries wouldn't be cut. He didn't talk about bonuses, which seems to be, I guess, uh, one of the sticking points from the player's perspective. And at the end of the day, they're, they're negotiating now because the owners, um, you know, enacted the, uh, the fourth majeure clause because these teams have lost money, you know? So, um, yeah, that's kind of why they're back at the table so you know fair enough but uh the negotiation i guess uh everybody you know has everybody's trying to protect their parties everybody's trying to look out for themselves so it's going to be a little bit difficult but i i expect it to get done within the time period and i think that you know even don garber saying well this is a hard deadline you know if in 20 days they don't agree to something i don't think the season's lost you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um 
I just think everyone's like really negotiating at the moment. Right. I mean, yeah, they uh, they took a little bit of a grace period last year as well. So this is just a lot of posturing from both sides when there are negotiations. So it's not, you know, a fatal type of, uh, you know, last negotiation type of thing that he might right. make it out to be. But it is, uh, yeah, very interesting that uh, we're back here again a year later. But uh, hopefully... You know, this stuff will end soon, and uh, yeah, we have more certainty. Uh, I mean, Don Garber has also said that the season will start as per usual, uh, at least that's what he thinks, and so it will be around uh, mid March. So, you know, hopefully that is the case, and also, uh, according to Doug Roberson. Uh, it would be around uh, March or April that the Champions League would uh, return as well. And of course, yeah, we got that uh, very fortuitous Champions League uh, bid this year because we are the uh, holders of the U.S. Open Cup. And uh, yeah, we didn't get to talk about this last week, but it is uh, very, I think, undeserved, <laughs> one could say. Um <laughs> But we'll take it. I mean, that's uh, yeah. three years in a row in Champions League. Um, you know, it's uh, they maybe could have gone a different route with maybe uh, <laughs> some of the teams that uh, finished higher in the table, maybe. But, uh, you know, that's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I think most of our fans uh, probably wouldn't have been too fussed either way, especially with our experience the last couple of years. But... Hey, if we're back in it, cool. If the schedule is going to be different this year, that's going to be interesting. Right. Um, you know, I think probably a bit of an uphill battle for a first first year manager, but mm -hmm. I would be, you know, it would be interesting. I think we'd have somewhat of a, you know, a decent chance at least of uh, uh, of having a good showing, of having a legitimate showing, and not getting mm -hmm. pasted um three nil like we have the last couple of years gosh yeah hopefully hopefully not um although yeah i mean it will be a different uh type of i think um ethos going in especially with it's a different coach yes. so uh yes you know, that's true frank DeBoer engineered both of those three nil losses it's very true so uh hopefully gabriel hainsay does have something different up his sleeve uh, but speaking of Hainsey and his staff, he has filled out uh, officially his staff that's going to be joining him in Atlanta. So assistant coaches Mariano Tatli, uh, Nicholas Pavlovich, and Pedro Mateo Levas uh, will be joining, as well as fitness coach Javier Villa. This one's going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm going to butcher it completely, but... Uh, <laughs> Viela Mitjana, and then video analyst Diego Navone, uh, and then they will join current goalkeeper coach Liam Curran, and uh, so Stephen Glass and Henry Apolu will uh, return to Atlanta United 2, and Tony Annan will return as the academy director, and in addition, Rob Valentino will continue on with the club as a staff coach with a focus on player development. So, uh, you know, good to see like some of the uh, the guys that have been the uh, you know I think not only maybe incumbent but kind of the uh, people that know this organization through and through have returned uh, in a way and uh, you know went back to their uh, I think roles that have suited them well. I think 
uh, glassy at two, you know, it was never about results. And, you know, he has helped develop some of these players, um, you know, like a George Campbell, like a Jackson Conway, um, you know, so that's good to see, you know, with that type of, uh, I think, pipeline coming through that he can return. Uh, he maybe didn't really cut it out as uh, the head coach of Atlanta United uh, in a lot of senses where he probably was up against it to a lot of degrees. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, there was a lot of things. You know, it, it's it's a very difficult job, especially, uh, you know, when a team's in crisis, you know. Um, maybe Atlanta and I weren't quite that far, but Atlanta and I last season were way off uh, what they were the previous three years. So um, difficult situation for anybody, especially for somebody who uh, maybe doesn't have a whole lot of top-flight top experience. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's fair to say he was just a bit out of his depth. Uh, yeah. But... It'll be interesting to see if he, um, you know, where his career takes him in the future. At least he can put that on his resume. Absolutely. Exactly. He's got first team experience coaching, you know, a team. So that's, I think, definitely something good for his uh, CV for sure. Uh, so uh, getting in a little bit more in depth into the assistant coaches. So Totley uh, has been assistant with Hainsey since his first head coach job at Godoy Cruz. Uh, he's a former striker, spent time in Portugal, Spain, and Argentina as a player. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Pavlovich, also a former striker, uh, coached with Hainsey at Vles Sarsfield. Uh, and he uh, started his playing career at Newell's Old Boys in 1998. He's played in Russia, Germany, and Mexico before playing in South America. Uh, and Labus, uh, who will be more of a translator, kind of more on the pitch type of guy. Uh, he was actually a technical director at Sporting Global LLC. Uh, he was an, it's an official partner of SC Barcelona Academy in the U.S. So that's definitely some uh, some good CV there as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys uh, come with, I think, a good bit of experience in a lot of different countries. So I think they'll kind of realize that uh, they're with each country different things that uh, are unique and will adjust accordingly, which is good. Uh, also, uh, yeah, Vila Mityana, uh, the fitness coach, he served with Hainsey at each of his previous clubs, uh, beginning with Godoy Cruz in 2015. So, uh, you know, all these guys have worked with uh, Hainsey for a while. And also, Navone, the, uh, the video analyst, uh, I think, uh, is very very important to uh, the team for Hainsey. Uh, you know, according to Felipe Cardenas uh, of the Athletic, you know, essentially the uh, any of the uh, kind of Bielsa disciples really really lean in heavily onto uh, video as one of the ways to not only analyze after games but to prepare for games. And uh, this will be something that's a stark difference, apparently, from Frank de Boer and what, uh, apparently, the lack of video analyzing that was done. So, uh, it'll be good to see that there's more of that done. So, I know, yeah, I see, Mark, you're shaking your head. Your thoughts? (laughs) No, I mean, like, I was, well, my first point was going to be really that uh, I think especially in the modern game, you know, there are definitely managers who value that video guy, right? Um, You know, that video analysis, that 
that approach and uh, you know I, like it makes sense to me you know what i mean like i get it yeah i think you definitely uh can learn a lot about um not only opponents but about yourself and you know in terms of like correcting mistakes and all that yeah i think video analysis makes a lot of sense and it should to me like it should it's almost like it should be a normal part of like that you know of the game uh, for any team you know especially at that level but then like the boar apparently wasn't you know it's just i i can't say anything more about the board like he, just such a poor fit such a poor ugh, i don't know and it, it just wasn't it wasn't good like and you see him struggling with netherlands now and it's like you know uh -huh. are you really surprised you know right so yeah that's exactly but, i think the uh, the feeling is like mm -hmm. yeah i think yeah. we, we could have suspected that he basically wasn't, uh, yeah, maybe analyzing it to the degree that maybe we all hoped. But um, anyway, so let's move on to Moises Caicedo, who reportedly pretty much uh, from, you know, most of the outlets, uh, especially in England, he is off to Brighton, uh, who are, yeah, I mean, they are not doing the greatest in the Premier League, and uh, they are relegation fodder pretty much at this point. Uh, and so there is a high possibility that they could uh, be going down, but Caicedo could be going to them instead of Manu, instead of Everton, instead of Chelsea, and also instead of Atlanta United. So uh, it's it seems like we're going to miss out uh, to a Premier League side, uh, even though we mm -hmm. might have put in a higher bid. But uh, mm -hmm. Caicedo, he has the dream of playing in the Premier League. Also, he has talked about uh, his dream of playing for Man U and uh, pretty much, you know, his love for uh, not only Valencia but uh, you know the player Valencia, and um, but you know also just uh, you know. I think his dream of playing for, I mean, I said this last week, I don't, I don't want to maybe repeat again, but one of the biggest clubs in the world. So, uh, you know, you can't blame him that he wants to go to the Premier League. But Brighton? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, how do you feel? It's four and a um, half million euros or uh, pounds, apparently. Pounds, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it makes sense, I think, honestly. Um, like I said last week, I think making the jump from Ecuador to the Premier League is a big jump. And then especially if you make the jump to uh, Man United and Everton at Chelsea, like he's going to have difficulty getting into those sides. And so I actually think that Atlanta United could have uh, would have had a decent case as to why he should sign with them, you know, for a couple of years and then make the jump uh, when his game is developed a little more. But I think he can do that at Brighton. You know, like Brighton are not new to this in terms of, um, I guess, finding good value, especially with young players. They uh, just last last January, they signed uh, Tarek Lamptey from Chelsea, who had like a couple first team appearances. But, uh, you know, they saw the potential and they signed him and he's been a fixture at right back for them. And so mm -hmm. maybe Caicedo's thinking I can go there, establish myself. And Brighton... Um, you know they might stay up. They're not. Uh, they're not necessarily in a dire situation like right. uh, Sheffield or even West Brom. So mm -hmm. um, I think it could end up being a smart move uh, from the players' perspective. And then even if he goes down to the championship, you know I think that's still a good jump for him in terms of level for him to develop his game. And you know he's getting the exposure in England at an early age. So uh, it's tough. Um, 
it's I think it's cool being in the mix. You know, it's cool seeing that um, Atlanta United are still ambitious with the type of players that they want to sign. And um, if they can even get you know one or two of those players to listen, you know, and consider them, I think it uh, shows that Atlanta United still have a pretty good standing in the global transfer market. Right, and so yeah, it's uh you know some people might have said that oh we've missed out on Santiago Arzamendia, Matias Villasanti, like this is just another one of those that we missed out on. But uh, I think you got to think about also that you know we also hit on Marcelino Moreno, we you know hit on a lot of these other players that have come in that we were uh, linked with, and so. Uh, it is, yeah. I mean, Caicedo, uh, him being linked with um, us, it, you know, along with pretty much all the other teams, are Premier League clubs. It, I think, says a lot here. And um, you know, also, you know, with Brighton and their situation, uh, Ibis Basuma, one of their midfielders, uh, might also be an Arsenal target as well. And so, uh, yeah, he definitely, I think, will get more playing time than say, you know, the Man U's and Chelsea's and Everton. So, uh, yeah, it makes more sense, obviously, when you think about it, uh, and with all of that type of stuff that we just kind of exposed. So. You know, uh, it sucks, I think, to miss out on this kind of uber talent that's super young and uh, would have transformed our midfield. But uh, I think it's, yeah, like you said, nice to be in the conversation on this type of player. Eventually, he moves to a Premier League club. I mean, it's just levels that are, uh, I think, important to really, I think, acknowledge here. So uh, moving on from that, uh, Atlanta United... uh, uh, the primary kit has leaked according to footy headlines and, uh, Mark with a wry smile here because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, basically, uh, this home shirt, uh, it's, uh, a little bit of a departure. Um, you know, it's not exactly striped. It's a little bit more pinstripes and, uh, yeah, you got the red stripes in the middle, uh, it reminds me a little bit of like kind of Barcelona's uh, kind of previous one uh, where, you know, there was just lines. But this is a lot more kind of obviously bland. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But it's also we got to realize that this is more of a template from footy mm-hmm. headlines that they've kind of concocted. And it's not exactly maybe the textures that we would uh, kind of uh, really see up close and... Uh, you know, it's essentially just very, I think, for lack of a better word, dumbed down. But, uh, mm. you know, it's still, it looks like the <laughs> exact training kit that you have on, Mark, which is, yes. yeah, the uh, <laughs> the red stripes on the shoulder, uh, you know, black mostly, and then the gold mm-hmm. as for most of, uh, you know, what the yeah, logos yeah. are. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know... Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Mark? Uh, yeah, I got a uh, first dibs on the new kit. No, um, yeah. I yeah, I think so. Taking into consideration what you said about this just being like a mock-up and not uh, obviously not being official. Um, so I would hope I don't mind a black dominant kit, but uh, you know, if the stripes were you know thicker and further apart. I think I'd be, you know, I'd like that more. You met, you referenced that Barcelona kid, uh, which I think, if I'm thinking of the same one, that's mm. that was a decent look. I think maybe their colors lend to that design a little more. So if they, you know, if if uh, if you were to go with this design from Footy Headlines and then like 
fill in those that middle part a little more make that more interesting mm -hmm. that i could be into that i guess i mean um yeah i think that this i'm really hoping that this is just a very dumbed down like mock-up you know like there's but there are some details uh, missing from this that um, are yet to be revealed. But um, this that this template itself doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. But I'm willing to wait. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, I think overwhelmingly most of the people aren't loving it. But there are some people that are uh, maybe contrarian and they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know grab this up immediately. Uh, but I think yeah, when you kind of maybe compare it to the OG uh, Five Stripes kid and then. Uh, the one that I'm wearing right now, the Star and Stripes. I mean, it's definitely, yeah, maybe a lot more, uh, like I said, bland. There's not as much going on. And uh, like you have said on Twitter as well, yes, there there are five stripes uh, in, a, in a sense. Uh, pinstripes probably more specifically. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, people that were complaining about that but it's always been where the logo has five stripes uh and not you know uh really important that the actual kit itself always has five stripes because it's a little limiting when you do it that way so right you know, it's uh it's something that though uh what could we have done differently like what what would you have liked to see you know on this new primary kit uh to put your creator hat on even though we know that this uh pretty much usually is created pretty much a year in advance so you know it's going to be something fairly similar to this and footy headlines doesn't usually miss so yeah um what would i have done just like out of thin air i think um air, yeah. yeah so you have barcelona in my head uh do you remember that uh, sort of checkerboard pattern i guess is the best mm -hmm. way i can describe it that uniform i think that would have been interesting um see them do something like that especially with the black and red um yeah i think something like that would be interesting i mean i agree with you in terms of like it doesn't have to be five stripes all the time it really doesn't honestly doesn't always have to be stripes necessarily you know what i mean mm -hmm. um i think but yeah i i guess that that's a that's a uniform i'd like to see us try out mm. yeah uh I think, yeah, I guess we have Barcelona on the mind. Um, they had a pretty much like salmon kit uh, that had the pretty much, uh, in terms of texture, it was the um, the city blocks, essentially, of Barcelona, of Catalonia. And um, I think that would be something interesting to kind of adopt idea-wise. Uh, you know, Atlanta city blocks as uh, kind of not, uh, you know, what do you what's the word not in a grid system as you know many really more well-developed cities but uh we're very right. unique in a lot of senses so maybe like five points or like you know the area around uh the stadium that could have been interesting as sort of a, a texture as uh, you know underneath that with maybe kind of uh you know either it's maybe it could be gold it could be uh gray or something i don't know like something as uh just you know something to add to this uh would be i think more interesting so you know i think uh we'll, we'll have to see this is a wait and see type of one for sure uh although i'm sure eventually when you see it on the players it just that's kind of how it goes like 
you're just yeah. probably gonna buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> like as with it, it most always happens. So uh, although mm -hmm. I haven't gotten the King Kit yet either, and um, I may, I may, I may wait until you know it. Uh, it gets a little like you know less expensive, and uh, mm -hmm. you know because it's. Uh, I think a lot of people that I've heard, uh, you know, with the white kits, it washes them out. Maybe not necessarily for me, but you know, more of the Caucasian variety. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Uh, yeah, you wear white, and then you, yeah, you are white. Yeah, I mean something's gonna, you know, something's gonna give a little bit. So. Right. Totally understand um, that why some people have not bought the King Kit, but uh, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, move on. Or actually, we'll, we'll, we'll you know make sure that uh, we do know that the Away Kit uh, will stay the same. It will be the King Kit, and that uh, previously talked about third kit will be yeah that kind of burgundy uh, one that we spoke about last week. So anyway. Let's move on to Tito Fischalba talking to the Athletic and Felipe Cardenas, uh, where he said some very, very interesting things. Uh, first of all, leading off, uh, saying that if Atlanta United need me, if they want to involve me and they agree that I should come back, I would love to return. Woo! Uh, let's just address that first off. Uh, you know, Mark, uh, would you have him back? My heart says absolutely, without a doubt, yes. Uh, my head says it, it would depend on the price because yeah. he was a TAM player. You know, when he left, he was originally a designated player. Um, I don't think he could be brought back even as a TAM player. You know, um, I mean, I guess we do have a needed right wing, you know, so. Do we? He, I mean, I, Jurgen Dom, uh, Brooks Lennon, you know, it's a. Uh... I don't know. I mean, he would be fighting for spots there for sure again. And yeah, I guess I guess he'd be fighting for. I th you know, in my head, I would think that he would be the favorite among those players to start. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess in theory, you could play him on either wing. Although I think he's better on the right. Um, yeah, but so that's the thing. You know, it's like okay, the need and then the cost, and so it's all. Yeah. You know, you always have to consider that, especially with MLS uh, salary structure, but. Right. Part absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with you here. Uh, although I would wager that, uh, and I mentioned this on Twitter uh, and various other places, that uh, yeah, just come back so that we can get that rematch, that highly <laughs> coveted rematch that we desire. I'll play this time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. I think uh, you know you cannot fare worse than how uh, Tanner and Devin did. Um, I mean, and. I'll be honest, I don't play a lot of FIFA, so, yeah, I mean, if I played, <laughs> it's uh, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse, actually. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> you, you and me versus Tito is what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah, and um, uh, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that, yeah, like 5-0 or 5-1 is uh, the least of our worries there, so... But right. still, it'd be a lot of fun, I think, to you know, kind of rehash that and uh, and see how we do, really. But uh, I'm sure he's, yeah, he's practicing away every single day. Still, I mean, he's got that that uh, that Pelican case where he's got the, <laughs> you know, uh, the console and the game and the screen, and he's just playing every single day from there. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably COD as well and other other video games. But uh, right. anyway. Uh, he also spoke about how, um, you know, the state of the club at this time and leaving the club. He says that, uh, and 
pretty much speaking to other players that have left the club. Uh, he said, it hurt. I've spoken with a lot of these guys that left and we couldn't believe what had happened to the club. It was difficult to see. Hopefully the club will go back to what we were all used to, a team that's always at the top of the table. And so definitely agree there. Vishaba, uh, yeah, I see him um, Yeah, not only liking a lot of our uh, our posts, but also uh, reading a lot of our stories So or like looking at our stories. So he definitely keeps up with the club for sure. And uh, so he's definitely got it close to his heart that he, you know, is someone that uh, I think is uh, very fond of Atlanta and Atlanta United. Um and there were a lot of people that have noticed that he didn't write anything like a thank you to the fans or the city, uh, even though there is maybe that, you know, kind of said love. But he says there were many reasons why I didn't write anything. I was upset and frustrated with the way I had to leave. I didn't want to leave. That's the truth. But I felt like I had to, in order to play, I'd like to apologize to the fans because they deserved a public show of gratitude at the very least. They treated me magnificently. I'd come home and find letters from kids and from my neighbors. It was a level of affection that I could never forget. And, um, yeah, I mean, kind of just speaking about his home, apparently, to uh, Felipe Cardenas, uh, he said that uh, Marcelino Moreno is currently living in uh, Tito Vichalba's current Atlanta home and uh, mm. that he might have actually gotten a second Atlanta home. So he definitely, you know, has kind of this uh, affinity for Atlanta and uh, does return. But uh, I think what's interesting here about the uh, why he didn't write anything, like uh, for me, I kind of liken it to, um, you know, I've written a lot of kind of thank you notes over the years. And sometimes, well, I have a friend that uh, I pretty much have uh, their thank you note. And I thought I was going to see them a lot sooner, but uh, and I literally just took a walk with him yesterday and I forgot to give it to him and I pretty much liken it to this kind of situation where you're just like it's just kind of too late I mean uh, in the thank you note for that person literally mentions uh, hope you had a happy or have a happy holiday it's like perspective like hope you have a happy holiday it's like yeah sometimes you just leave it too late and it's just uh, well you know, how are they going to feel afterwards? It's like, it's a little convoluted. Do you just rewrite a new one? Like, do you, like, I don't know. You know, it's just like, probably Vishaba is pretty much in a very similar situation here. But, uh, Mark, how do you feel about him not having ever written any thank you to the fans or the city or the club? I mean, you know, do you take yeah. offense? <laughs> um, I, I thought it was strange at the time. I was like, you know, like, okay, you know what I mean? And it's not one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but I did notice, like, obviously, like, LGP and Julian Gressel and others did. Um, but, you know, from this perspective where it seems like he was kind of, you know, it's all it's all happening, basically. Um, he's kind of told to go to the airport, you know, you sign with a new team, and then you're moving to a new country and you're trying to settle in. And... Um, I can understand how things get lost in a shuffle. Uh, on a personal confession, I'm really bad at Instagram. I haven't posted since like July. And I always like every now and again, I'm like, oh, I should do a post about this. And then like a couple of days pass, a couple of weeks pass. I'm like, ah, this isn't relevant anymore. So like, <laughs> I kind of feel like that happened with Tito where you're just like, oh yeah, I need to do this. And then like, you know, you just like, you don't get around to it. You got training or whatever. And then yeah. eventually enough time passing, you're just like, eh it's whatever 
Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad he's getting to explain his side of the story. I mean, like, this was a very interesting article. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He did there... not... Uh, did he, his his lack of affection for DeBoer was thinly veiled, you know? And uh, <laughs> we've already said a bit about DeBoer, but this is just more evidence, really. Um, yeah. yeah, no hard feelings over here for Tito, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A guy that um, I think was a good custodian uh, for the club or a servant for the club, you know, if we uh, want to say it that way. But, uh, yeah, it also mentioned in this article that uh, the Athletic had sources that two Eastern Conference teams have expressed interest uh, in signing Bishalba. And uh, if he, you know, uh, would return, uh, he also talked about Gabriel Hainsey. Uh, that the hire is, quote, exciting, uh, and that he uh, would w- like to play for you know a coach like him uh, eventually, and that uh, he knows how demanding he is, uh, and that, uh, you know, as an Argentine, if someone were to tell you that Hainsey is going to be your coach, uh, that's very motivating, especially after what he did at Vélez. So... You know, I think he comes with, I think, a very, very good reputation, Hainsey. So, uh, yeah, Tito knows that as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think Tito, I think, knows, uh, I think, to some degrees, that, uh, you know, LA United probably needs this type of coach. And uh, I think many of us would agree. So, uh, let's move on to Atlanta United 2. And they have signed former Riverhound SC player Robbie Mertz who, uh, yeah, has been likened to, uh, or at least been uh, quoted as Yinzer Messi, which uh, Yinzer being kind of a, an area around Pittsburgh. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he said, quote, So excited for this opportunity. Thank you to everyone who has continued to support uh, me in my dream. I'm really looking forward to helping contribute to such a great club. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, great to hear that he respects LA United and LA United 2 this much. Uh, but uh, let's get back to that Yinzer Messi bit. Uh, um, I mean, that's high high praise a little bit in a sense where, I mean, he is a USL player and, um, you know, Messi, that's like a huge kind of comparison for a lot of players that many fail to live up to. So this is maybe, uh, you know, as at least according to the Pittsburgh Soccer Now uh, website, uh, maybe lofty very lofty praise that could be too much uh, kind of pressure put on a player. Uh, And he is 24, uh, so he's not a spring chicken maybe in that sense anymore, uh, at least in kind of USL terms. But uh, he is apparently a guy that's, uh, you know, playing in attacking midfield, left midfield, uh, or even in central midfield, has a great work rate, but also is a guy that, like Messi, can uh, you know, kind of dribble at you and whatnot, um, create some chances there that way. Uh, but I think one of the most interesting things about uh, uh, Mertz in this article is that he is an Arsenal fan, fan and that uh, he is a Thierry Henry invincible Arsenal fan. And for that alone, I'm like, Robbie Mertz, welcome to the club. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to you know the uh, any sort of Arsenal references that he can make. 
I would be happy to hear them. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, it's good to welcome a fellow Arsenal fan in Robbie Mertz. So <laughs> anyway, let's move on to uh, Atlanta United's head of technical recruitment, Lucy Rushton. Uh, she was on Sky Sports News uh, giving uh, a little bit of insight into how uh, women can succeed in the male-dominated arena of player recruitment. Uh, and yeah, Lucy Rushton has been with the club since the very beginning. And yeah, she's done a, a bang-up job. Uh, maybe last year, you know, there is that little bit of... Uh, an anomaly that uh, we are looking at the the whole technical staff really at. So, uh, you know, there is a little bit of that that, uh, you know, people are going to kind of shake their, their stick at, but I think she's done a tremendous job. And the fact that she's able to speak on Sp Sky Sports News uh, is, I think, very inspiring and hopefully for a lot of women uh, out there and in our audience, they can be some, uh, you know, something of an inspiration to kind of go after your dreams. So uh, anyway, let's uh, go on to the final bit of uh, news or kind of odds and ends. And LAFC did this uh, kind of mashup uh, collaboration with an artist in LA named Hokyun Choi. Uh, and it's pretty much according to them, the first ever Korean merchandise collection in MLS history. It's available now, but uh, I think it's super cool. And uh, I think with kind of Georgia and Atlanta, uh, especially in Gwinnett County and Buford Highway being as kind of culturally diverse as it is with uh, if you've ever had Korean barbecue or any other sort of Korean food or really just, uh, you know, Asian food or Hispanic food in general, it is uh, amazing what you can find in these uh, two areas and it kind of it's expanded for sure. But um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, something like uh, this for Atlanta United would be amazing selfishly and biasly that, uh, you know, I think we can clearly do. I think there are uh, maybe more than we think, uh, you know, Asian fans in this crowd that would clamor for this and eat it all up but uh yeah do you have any thoughts on this and you know some other things that i think uh could be inspired from something like this this type of coll collaboration yeah no i mean i'm uh i fully agree with you and you you, know, you mentioned that you you may be kind of biased but uh you know the tweet from the account from our account uh you know suggesting that lane and i should do this actually did a fair bit of numbers right so there are clearly people out there who agree um and you know in terms of how many uh i agree with you again that there are probably a lot more uh asian and united fans than um than maybe we recognize like i guess reflexively but it's also an opportunity to kind of uh tap into that part of the 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 city and the fan base you know um i think that yeah i think that la united in general could do a little better in terms of uh reaching out to and representing these cultures like in on in an authentic sense you know not and i don't want to take it away from um you know the the example here with the with the korean community um but you know i would also make that argument for even uh the latino community you know like i think that the club could do i think a little better a little more in terms of like 
the merchandising and um you know the social media and all that mm-hmm. um but yeah i would t- totally agree with you i mean like look i'm even considering getting something from this uh from this collection if i can although i feel like it's going to be difficult to get especially if they do like a limited yeah. if they do limited quantities but um no i think it'd be a great idea and i think that the market would absolutely be there for it definitely i mean uh especially with this i think uh with how korean food has come on in the last decade essentially as well uh that's something that you know uh for the culture is definitely something that uh, needs to be done also shout out to our, our friends at for the culture uh you know what up but uh <laughs> anyway um so Pretty much that does it for the show, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, are you upset that we're missing out on Moises Caicedo? Obviously, uh, I've said that we're happy to be in the conversation with Premier League clubs, but uh, are you upset? Would you like uh, for us to maybe grab someone kind of similar or of a similar ilk uh, in terms of like stature, uh, in terms of like, you know, super prospect, wonder kid? Let us know in the comments below. We are interested in what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.